Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bible ready, today we're going to be in the book of Matthew, chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. Uh, the title of this sermon is The Need for Laborers During the Harvest. The Need for Laborers During the Harvest. This is the first half of this two-part study. So let's go ahead and just get into it. I am uh, sorry, first off, we had the recording yesterday. We lost it, and so I'm kind of running through this again so we have it for radio, but I'm happy to do it. Um, it's a, a wonderful uh, study that we were going over. We took a break from our verse-by-verse study as we uh, were diving into the book of Matthew, chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. And the reason why we did that is we had a couple of uh, events with the whosoevers. Uh, Christina Brudeau and, and some of the um, uh, other helpers from the whosoevers came down uh, from various places, and we'll talk about that as we get into the study. But we actually had a, a school assembly, uh, a church event, and then another school uh, that we did, but it was in a uh, with the Christian Club in Lytle High School, and the school assembly was in, um, which was awesome and divine, which was an open assembly. And then we met up at uh, the Adult and Teen Challenge uh, that evening. And so I want to kind of, we're going to go through this study, but I was going to share some of the, uh, what has happened uh, as we were doing these events. I think, I think it's very important that we do that is because as a church, um, we uh, allowed our time, our talent, and our treasure uh, to be a part of this uh uh, this ministry uh, to go out and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I think it's important uh, anytime that we do that, uh, whether you spent time praying for it, uh, whether you spent time serving alongside of us as we did uh, the ministry, or whether you uh, put anything in the tide box that, that absolutely helped in a major way for us to be able to uh, to do these uh, events. These events do cost money. Uh, for some reason, I think for uh, people think that the church, you just, everything is given to you for free. And uh, unfortunately, that's not how it is. Uh, yes, we are a nonprofit, but we still have bills to pay like a regular business. And when somebody comes, you still have to pay, uh, uh, you know, um, hotel or Airbnb and all that stuff still has to be done. You have to feed them and do a love offering. And so all that stuff is done as well. So but thank y'all. I, I mean, at the end of the day, it's been such a blessing to be able to see all the kids, the youth, the young adults that came to faith, that came to Jesus, to know Jesus Christ personally, uh, to actually not be separated from God, from a holy God, and and to know, to know Jesus personally. 
And so now we're praying for the discipleship part of it. So we're going to look at this in three parts. Simply, we're going to look at it. In, our first point will be we need to do as Jesus did in verse 35. Our second point is we need to see as Jesus saw in verse 36. And then finally, in verse uh, 37 and 38, we need to pray earnestly for the laborers and the harvest. For the laborers and the harvest. So at this point, as, as we dive into this piece of scripture, I think the, the thing that's very important uh, is, is we come to a place where Jesus had just um, uh, cast out a demon from somebody. And the uh, religious leaders actually were, uh, in, in verses 34, right before it, it says, But the Pharisees said he cast out demons by the prince of demons. So up to this point, Jesus has already been accused of blasphemy. Jesus has already been accused of hanging out with the wrong crowd. He's already been accused of ungodliness. And now he's been accused of uh, being in the same league as, as the devil. And so now we enter into our first point as we, we see we need to do as Jesus did. We need to do as Jesus did. In verse 35, it says, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. So we see three things that are primarily uh, being done there. Uh, he's teaching, preaching, and healing teaching preaching and healing and i love the word that's used there for uh teaching and it actually means to uh to do systematic teaching it's like what we do every week uh we we normally are going verse by verse through uh a book of the bible for us wednesday night we're doing the book of genesis so we're going verse by verse through genesis and then on uh, our Sundays, we're in the book of Ephesians, so we'll actually be uh, this Sunday back in Ephesians chapter 2, and I believe we'll be picking it up in verse 11, because we finished with uh, verse 10 uh, the past week. Uh, and so the thing that he's talking about is not only systematic teaching, but training, but it's, it's as, a, as if a, um, the conductor, Jesus, the conductor, of the orchestra, were the orchestra, Right? He's teaching us. We're going through rehearsal. We're training. We're, we're learning uh, what it is to walk with God and have that personal relationship with God. He was training them. His apostles, he was training them. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 uh, and 17, uh, it says, All Scripture is breathed out by God. So we know that, that God breathed out the Scripture to uh, the author, the writer that uh, wrote that particular uh, epistle or, or a book. Uh, of the Bible, and, and so we know that God is ultimately the author of the Bible, but it says, and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training and righteousness that the man of God may be equipped, uh, may be competent and equipped for every good work. I think the thing that we forget is is we forget that, that there are times when things happen in a church, um, especially if it's, and I think this is very important, you can't expect somebody who's ungodly to act godly. So don't do that. But what you do have is when, when you have to reproof somebody in the church or correct somebody in the church, you're, you're, you're doing it to train uh, for training in righteousness uh, and, and that they would be equipped and competent uh, for the good works that God has prepared beforehand. We're not saved by works. We're saved by grace through faith, but God has prepared good works. We learned that that past week, this past weekend that we were in it. Uh, it's very important for us to understand that. 
And, and even as parents, you know, uh, one of the things that really hit me is we were in the schools uh, at, uh, at Lytle and, and Divine High School these, this past week. Um, we, we saw how important it is for us to be able to, uh, to see what the Word of God does. It is, it is word, the Word of God that transforms lives. Because why? Jesus is the Word of God. Um, and it transforms lives. It's important, you know, as we, th- we think about um, it just, I'm just remembering uh, in, in Joshua, in Joshua chapter 1, as he's getting ready to lead uh, the nation of Israel into the promised land, one of the things he says right off the bat is this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe uh, to do all according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, he's telling you this, this book, you should meditate on it day and night. And, and sadly, what we see, if we don't try to reach this generation, in Judges chapter 2, verse 10, we find out later on, uh, that there was a generation that never never shared the gospel, never shared, uh, I don't want to say the gospel, but never shared the stories of God or the Bible uh, to that generation. It tells us in Judges chapter 2, verse 10, it says, And all that generation also were gathered to their fathers, and, they, and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or work or the work that they had done for Israel. So there was a generation that, that didn't know uh, the work of the Lord. And it's sad because if you think about it, that's, that's being, you just think all of Genesis, they didn't know. You know, they, they, they wouldn't have known about the parting of the Red Sea, uh, the commandments, the tablets being given to Moses. Uh, I mean, they wouldn't have known any of that because it was never passed down to them. And one of the things that I do see is the issues that we have with the generation. And, and, and can I be honest with you? Every generation has had issues. So you can always say, well, it's, it's this generation that's caused everything. Can I be honest with you? Every generation struggles with some type of issues. It's, you know, we all have had issues, uh, whether it's the baby, the baby boomers or Gen Z or Gen X. It's, we all struggled with different problems. Uh, as a generation but the worst thing that we can do is have a generation not know Jesus Christ and and I believe the things that we see whether it's through woke ideology um, you know worshiping creation and not the creator um, uh, worshiping gender uh, the gender that I want because the gender that I was created in in the image of God is not good enough uh, worshiping my choices, my personal authority. Nobody tells me what to do with my body so I can abort a child, even though that goes against God's word. So we, we're worshiping those things that, that are obviously uh, contradict what God's word says. And what you see is a generation that's been separated uh, from God's word. And, 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 and so that's why we see the issues that are going on today in our, in our world. Uh, and, and it's sad, but I mean, it's not, it's nothing that can't be fixed by God's word. You know, it's nothing that we can't start fixing now. 
and so one of the things I wanted to share with you is that we were with these young adults as they were receiving Jesus Christ. One of the things that I remember is is I remember reading a study that was in focus on the family, and it was talking about the spiritual markers uh, that a child will go through, and 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 how we're supposed to train up that child, and so we don't lose generations of of kids. And, and so from one to four years old, I want you to think about this. This is early childhood. From one to four years old, you should be teaching your young child that God is strong, that God can do anything, that God always keeps his promises, and God's the one who gave us rules that we must obey. It's in that very early stage, and this is what happens in our children's ministry. They learn the word of God. My, like, can I be honest with you? My grandchildren, God bless them, they started coming to church and, and at, at, at four years old, five years old, and now they're praying. And, and, and they love being at church. They talk about Jesus. They want to hear. And, and that's not brainwashing. That's, what, that's the fear of the Lord in Psalm 111.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that's what mom and dad should be teaching them at the house. The next spiritual marker is when they go into elementary school, and they should have wisdom. They should know who God is, what is truth, who is man, who is Jesus. Can I tell you that there are some people that sit in the the chairs of the church today that can't answer those questions. They can't answer who is God. They They can't share what is truth. They can't answer who is man and who is Jesus. You know, in Genesis chapter chapter one and two, it we we learn about God, we learn about man, uh, we learn about truth from from the Word of God. I am the way, the truth, and the life through Jesus Christ. But it, it's at at elementary school, your kids should be able to do that, and that's from ages five to nine, from ages ten to twelve. And I think this is probably one of the most hardest time for a child, as they go from being a child to being a teenager. And entering into middle school, they're going to be challenged the hardest. And the thing that they need to learn at that stage is grace and truth. Think about that. They need to learn grace and truth. They're going to battle you. They're going to want to be selfish. They're going to have a selfish nature. They're going to want to hang out with their friends and do what their friends do, even if it goes against what you've been teaching them. And you have to be consistent in the way that you model it. And and they're learning. They're learning about trust. But they're also learning, hopefully, the grace and mercy and love of Jesus Christ, that they see you showing them grace and mercy at times. But that, that you're firm in your, in your word, that your yes is yes and your no is no. But I can tell you, at that age, from 10 to 12 years old, your child will know if you're faking the funk. And what I mean by that is if you're a hypocrite, if you act a different way than you act at church, they'll know it. And it's at middle school that you cannot hide it anymore. And I believe that's where we lose generations of kids is because they see their parents not living it out. And I think that's the most important time because at that time they can tell if you're being real uh, as, a, as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, as an adult. They see it. As they enter into high school, they need perspective. And that's that age from 13 on to 18. Most of the kids graduate at 17 now. 
but they need the perspective that God is sovereign over all. They start dealing with things that they normally wouldn't deal with. They, they'll have people that um, they'll be dealing with overdose. They'll be dealing with suicide. They'll be dealing with addictions, whether it's porn addiction or drug addiction, alcohol addiction. They'll see probably maybe the first time uh, they'll lose a friend. Because sometimes what happens is, is you know, a, a friend, we had somebody recently this, this past year, at, at uh, right before the holidays, uh, one of the kids in the high school had passed. And so they had to deal with all of that. And so you deal with, you know, what happens to me when I die and, and, and trying to answer those difficult questions. And you need to be a better listener at this stage than just preaching. You need to listen and give them perspective. And, and at this point, I really believe this is when they really, you know, I think between that middle school and, and high school age is when they really grasp their walk, their personal walk with Jesus Christ. It changes. There's a change in it. And, and it's awesome to see when, it, when a child goes from that BBS, when they give their heart to Christ in BBS and they're, you know, they have that childlike faith and then middle school comes along and knocks them around a little bit. And then they, they just accept Jesus for themselves personally, meaning that they just, man, they're, it's, it's their God. It's not mom and dad's God. And I love that. I, I love that. But what we want to do is we want to create um, as children, what we want to do is we want to cultivate and teach them to be um, followers of Jesus Christ who accept the Bible as truth. Uh, they live by the principles and seek, they seek ways to impact the world and continually deepen his or her relationship with God. They need to be irrepressible followers of Jesus Christ who accept the Bible is truth, live by its principle, seek ways to impact the world, and continually deepen his or her relationship with God. You're to teach them the same way Jesus is teaching us, right? It's a beautiful thing when you think about it. And, and so there, there are spiritual markers and things that we need to pay attention to. But as you teach, the next thing that we talk about is preaching. And preaching means that you can uh, he, you're sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Like if I asked you right now, would you be able to share your testimony? If I was to ask you at church this Wednesday night or Sunday and say, I need you to share your testimony, and could you do it under three to five minutes? And would your testimony be more about you or, or about Jesus and what Jesus has done to for you? Right, because a lot of times when people they get they glorify the sin, but they don't really talk about the Savior, and so it's important for us to be able to share uh, testimony. It's important for us to be able to share the gospel. So preaching is one of the things that we do, and one of the things we can't get away from is Mark chapter one verses fourteen and fifteen. It says, "Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God." And saying, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. You know, simply this is what was shared by Christina from the Whosoevers. Uh, she not only uh, serves as an ambassador for the Whosoevers, but she's also helping uh, with a sex trafficking ministry to help those in Los Angeles and uh, throughout the country in India and uh, in South America. And so, and now she's fixing to go to the Philippines as, uh, sometime later this year to be able to go and, and hit the schools in the Philippines. 
But she shared the gospel of Jesus Christ. She shared her testimony and simply gave uh, the opportunity to let everybody know that there are none good, no, not one, that we all fall short of the glory of God, that our, our, our good works can't pay the debt of our sin. We're separated from a holy God. And what Jesus did on the cross uh, by dying for the sins of the world, he was a perfect lamb of God. And, uh, and he was the propitiation for our sins. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. It's for everybody. And it's that free gift, that free gift of salvation. And Christina so eloquently you know, offered that gift, not only at Lytle High School, but also at... Um, at the at the church at Grace Calvary Chapel, but also at uh, Divine High School, and we saw a number of people be, uh, choose to follow Jesus Christ. They choose to follow Christ. They choose to uh, to uh, to to be um, to have an understanding of 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 what Jesus did on the cross, and that they they want to follow God. And I love that. I, I, it just, it was a lot of, a lot of fun to, to see, uh, her share. And I mean, she was very blunt about her past, and, but it, it was very briefly shared. But she spent more time talking about Jesus and talking about salvation and give and preaching the good news. We need to remember in Luke chapter nine, verse twenty-three, it says, "If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, and take up his cross and follow me." We cannot be so. Um, gentle with the the message of jesus christ that we forget to teach that the kingdom of god is at hand what is it that we're supposed to do what did jesus share it's through repentance repent for the kingdom of god is at hand so you we have to preach repentance we have to preach um you know the the that you're separated from a holy god we can't hide from those issues so uh the next thing after teaching preaching is healing healing now healing i i think one of the things i love about this is when you read about this uh, the healing that's done here in matthew chapter 9 verse 35 uh, that healing is actually answering prophecy it's actually fulfilling prophecy in isaiah chapter 35 verses 5 through 6 it says then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped then uh, shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy for the waters break forth in the wilderness and the streams in the desert. He's actually fulfilling scripture as, as, as the healing is, is happening. And um, I think one of the things that was awesome, I think her, her name was Erica, uh, who came from um, Miami. She came with Christina along with three other girls, um, or two other girls with, her, with Erica. Um, and, and, and she just simply shared uh, her story of healing. Um, and what she's going through, you know, um, I, I think it's important, you know, as she shared her story of her illness, I'm sorry, um, not healing, that hasn't, you know, she, we prayed for it and, and we believe it's going to happen, whether it happens here on earth or whether it happens when uh, she, she is born into heaven. Um, but she just shared how her illness, uh, she went to, uh, she was a medical student, fixed to become a, go into becoming a doctor. Just, well, you know, it, she got sick when she was in Cambodia, but it was, she had stepped away from medical school 
because she had a calling uh, that God had put on her heart to do. And so with that calling that she had, she stepped out in faith and, and then part of her school of ministry, she had to go to Cambodia and uh, she got sick there, um, uh, almost died there. And, and since she's been back, uh, she's 26 years old and she's been battling an illness uh, ever since. Um, and, and, uh, and she's serving God. That's, the, that's the, the thing that everybody like, but I'm serving God. Uh, but it tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3, that no one uh, should be shaken by these afflictions. For you yourself know that we were appointed to this. We're appointed uh, to, to afflictions. Uh, and so one of the things I was able to share with her, it took me 30 years before I got my diagnosis finally. It took the VA 30 years to figure out what was wrong with me. Um, and, and I just shared with her, there are going to be times when you, you, you're just frustrated and you're in tears at times. And, and yet you just, you have Christ, you have God, and that's who you lean on. But when you pray for somebody, this is what I wanted to get at. When you pray for somebody, do you believe they're going to be healed? Do you believe they're going to be healed? Are you praying over them with a, a, an anticipation or are you thinking to yourself, I don't know, I, I think God can heal them. No, he's the ultimate physician. He's the creator of the universe. He can heal. And we need to have that mindset when we're praying for people to be healed. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 